Well, John chapter 21. We're going to uh, look at verses 25, chapter 15, verses 15 through 25. And um, Jesus asks probably the most important question that uh, he can ask um, his disciples is, uh, do you love me? He looked at Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me? You know, we like to hear those words. Husbands, our wives like to hear those words from us. And wives, we like to hear those words um, from you as well. We love to hear the words, I love you. It's one of the first phrases we teach our children as they're learning to talk, uh, to say, I love you, to uh, those loved ones around them. And we long to hear those words as parents and as grandparents. I love you. And Jesus wanted to hear those words from Peter. And uh, so we're going to be looking at uh, this passage this morning. And um, it's on the heels of uh, Jesus just having shared breakfast with his disciples. Um, there's seven disciples who decided that uh, they weren't going to wait around for Jesus. They didn't know where he was, and so they decided to go fishing. And and Peter uh, led the uh, led the group to go fishing. And uh, Jeff did a great job uh, sharing that passage with us last week. But there, there's one thing I take exception with. You know, in verse uh, 11... It talks about how um, the nets were full. Jesus showed the disciples, you know, where the fish were. They hadn't, it, all night, they hadn't caught any fish. And Jesus is reminding the disciples once again of his sovereignty. So here are these professional fishermen. They've been up all night. They haven't caught any fish. And Jesus yells from the shoreline, cast your net on the other side. And uh, they do, do so, and do they bring in a haul? They bring in 153 fish. Now, Jeff said last week that there's nothing exceptional, uh, there's nothing, you know, important about that number, 153. I disagree. It's 153 fish. <laughs> Understand, John is writing this uh, gospel. John is a fisherman, and John knows how important each and every fish is, okay? And not only is it 153 fish, it's 153 large fish, okay? So <laughs> Jeff's not a fisherman, so he doesn't get that. I get that speaks volumes to me. So that's where we ended up last week. And, uh, and so with that, let's look at verses 15 through 25. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my lambs. Jesus said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Verse 20. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is a disciple who is bearing witness about these things, who has written these things, and we know that his testimony is true. John is speaking about himself in this, in this text right now. Verse 25. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. It's been an amazing morning. And uh, through it all, Peter is on Jesus' mind. Because Jesus wants to restore Peter. Jesus knows that Peter is broken. Now, I'm not sure within these 40 days uh, where we're at uh, in this text. We know that uh, Jesus has seen Peter on two occasions, that first Sunday morning and then that following Sunday. But uh, we're not aware of any encounters that uh, Peter has had with Jesus since. And uh, these disciples have been waiting for Jesus to show up again. And they don't know what to do with themselves. I mean, for the last three years, they've been following Jesus every single day. But now, since the resurrection has occurred, 
uh, things are different. What are they to do with their time? And instead of just waiting around doing nothing, uh, they decide to go fishing. And Jesus knows that um, Peter has been struggling with the fact that Peter denied Jesus uh, the night that uh, before Jesus was crucified. And Jesus wants to restore uh, his disciple. Now, it's interesting, in verse 15, Jesus gave uh, Simon the name Peter. And that's the way Jesus has always addressed uh, Peter in, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. Addressing him by Peter. But look at verse 15. Verse 15, Jesus says, Simon, son of John. That's his original name. That's what he's always gone by prior to Jesus Christ. And now Jesus reverts back to his original name. Does that sound kind of familiar? You know, when, uh, when, you're, when you were growing up and you were misbehaving, how were you, um, how were you described? You know, what was your name in those moments? I can tell you what my name was, William Michael Logan. And uh, when I heard those, those words, I knew uh, I was about to get it. I was in trouble. And I'm sure all of you are in the same category here this morning. Here Jesus sees Peter and he says, Simon, son of John. That got Peter's attention. Oh boy. He's about to get get, uh, the conversation. He's about to get the talk. But it's interesting how this talk goes. You know, Jesus doesn't bring up the denial. Jesus doesn't try to rake Peter over the coals. He doesn't try to rub it in. No, he just asks asks a few simple words. Simon, son of John. Do you love me? And then he says this beyond those words. Do you love me more than these? Now we'll look at more than these in just a moment. I'm not sure what Jesus meant by more than these. But you need to notice this, uh, this word love in this text. Because the way the, uh, Jesus uses the word love is not the way Peter uses the word love. When Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Uh, that love in the, the Greek is agape. That is the highest form of love. That is the most committed form of love. It's a love that's unconditional. It's a love that uh, whatever the cost, 
you're going to have that kind of love. It's a devoted kind of love. And this is what Jesus is asking Peter. Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me with that kind of love? And what does Peter say? He says, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, Peter's love is not the same definition of love, word, Greek word love, that Jesus uses. Peter uses the word phileo. It's a friendly love. It means uh, it's friendship, that they, I, they like one another. It's, it's a brotherly love. Peter can't address or answer the question the way Jesus is looking for because Peter knows that he doesn't measure up. He has failed the Lord Jesus Christ. But he loves the Lord. And he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He is leaning on Jesus' omniscience at this point. You know me, Jesus, and I love you. I love you as a brother. But that's not what Jesus is looking for. Jesus is looking for uh, his kind of love the highest form, and Peter can't measure up to that. But then Jesus asked this question, do you love me more than these? What are the these? We don't know for sure. Jesus may have been asking, Jesus may have pointed to the fish and asked Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these, those 153 large fish? You know, as when Peter's looking at those fish, he sees dollar signs, okay? That, fit, that, that bounty is worth a lot of money. And Jesus could have been asking, do you love me more than these, this income, this other provision in your life? He could have been asking, do you love me more than fishing? I mean, before Peter met Jesus, he was a professional fisherman. This is all Peter knew. This is how he took care of his family. Jesus could have been asking the question, Peter, do you love me more than these? Jesus is about ready to go and be with his father to sit on the right hand of the throne of his father. And he was going to leave the disciples with the ministry. And Peter was going to be a key leader. And Jesus wanted to restore Peter to the ministry. But Jesus needed to know that Peter loved Jesus. And that Jesus still had a place for him. So he could have been asking, is it the fish? More than fishing? Or that these could have been the disciples. 
Peter, do you love me more than the rest of the disciples do? We don't know what these these were, but Jesus wanted was wanting to know that if Peter loved the Lord. And so that's the first question. And Jesus then says, after, after Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you, then he said to him, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Take care of my lambs. Nourish my little ones. And understand this. They are Jesus' lambs. Okay? Jesus wants to restore Peter to the ministry, and Jesus wants Peter to take care of Jesus' lambs, his sheep. And so all of us who are in ministry, who struggle with ministry, who care for God's flock, understand each and every sheep belongs to Jesus Christ. And so Jesus tells Peter, feed my lambs, feed my little ones. Then verse 16, he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Again, Jesus is using the word agape, that unconditional love, that highest love, And once again, Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. But the word love is phileo. I love you with a brotherly love. Then Jesus asks, then Jesus says, In verse 17, or 16, tend my sheep. First he says, feed my lambs, then tend my sheep, which means care for my my sheep. Watch over them. And then Jesus asks a third time, verse 17, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? Now in Jesus asking this third time again, do you love me? Jesus doesn't use the word agape. Jesus uses the word phileo. Jesus steps down to the level that Peter is willing to, and communicating to Jesus that he loves, loves Jesus. Jesus asked, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you really love me with a brotherly love? And this is the third time Jesus has asked the question. And scripture says that Peter is grieved that Jesus, because he's heard the words, do you love me? And he says to him, Lord You know everything. You know that I love you. And that love that Peter mentions is the word phileo as well. I love you, Lord, with a brotherly love. 
Jesus knows that Peter is struggling. You know, we've seen Peter throughout the Gospels. He's bold. I mean, he, he, border, he's, he borders on arrogant. I mean, he's the leader of the pack. And he's made the claim in the past, Lord, wherever you go, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to die for you. We see that in John chapter 13, verse 37. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. That was, that was Peter prior to his denial of Jesus. But Peter's not that way anymore. We see a man here in this passage of scripture who's broken. Who's humble. Who's ashamed, who knows that he doesn't measure up to the, the rest of the disciples. And to hear Jesus share these, to hear Jesus ask these questions of Peter, it's humiliating. It's painful. But Jesus is giving Peter an opportunity to confirm his love for the Savior. It's, it's, it's not a coincidence that Jesus asked this question three times because Jesus is giving Peter three opportunities to tell Jesus that he loves him. Face to face. And when he tells him he loves him, Jesus has big plans for Peter. He's not going to shelve him. Not going to put him on the sideline. He's not through with Peter. No. He tells Peter, Peter, feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. You are to be used in ministry. I hope that encourages you. How have you failed Jesus? I hope you are hearing Jesus this morning ask you these questions. William Michael Logan, do you love me? And we have an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Now, how do we show our love for Jesus? How does Jesus want us to show our love for him? Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Be involved in ministry. Jesus responded to all three of Peter's responsibilities with doing something. A verb. He gave Peter a verb. Do something. Not be something. Do something. That's the best way 
church that we can show our love for Jesus Christ is by being involved with God's church. Where are the sheep? They're in the local church. And all of us have an opportunity, a responsibility to be involved in caring for one another's needs. Whether it's the little lambs back there in the preschool and the children's area or the youth area, or the sheep, the big smelly sheep, the adults, whatever the age group might be. Jesus wants us to be involved in taking care of one another. And these were Jesus' words to Peter. And so I hope that, uh, let this encourage you. Jesus is a God of grace, a God of second chances, and wants to restore and see you involved in ministry. And so, then we move to verse 18, 18 and 19. You know, Peter, before he denied Christ, was willing to die for Christ. Now, Jesus is going to give Peter that opportunity. You know, he, Peter denied Christ because he was afraid that the same thing was going to happen to him that was happening to Jesus as he was uh, going through that uh, kangaroo court and as he was uh, uh, being whipped and about to be crucified. And in, in fear, Peter denied he knew Jesus. But now... In this moment of restoration, Jesus wants to give Peter the opportunity to fulfill what he was willing to do for Jesus. So in verse 18, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you that when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Jesus is telling Peter that you are going to suffer and die for me. And as followers of Christ... In showing our love for for him, living our lives for him, we too must prepare ourselves to suffer and die if necessary. Are you prepared? Are you preparing yourself for that kind of commitment to the Lord. Matthew chapter 16 verses 24 through 26 says, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Following Jesus, church, is costly. Someone said that if you're going to... If you're going to follow Jesus, you better look good on wood. Because we may have to pay the ultimate sacrifice one of these days. You know, we have seen in this country how our culture has just slid downhill dramatically. And the church is not looked at favorably anymore. They're looked at as a nuisance. They're looked at as an institution that needs to be canceled, that needs to go away. And if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you may have to pay the ultimate price for being a Christian. You remember Columbine High School back in 1999? 12, 12 people were, were killed, uh, and the, the two uh, the gunmen as well, 14, 11 students, one teacher. But there were two students in particular, Cassie Burnell and Rachel Scott. These two girls were strong Christians. And Cassie Burnell, in particular, when one of the gunmen approached her, I believe it was in the library, he pointed the gun at Cassie and he asked her the question, do you love God? And Cassie said, yes, I do. And he pulled the trigger. The very same thing may have happened with Rachel Scott as well. We don't know for sure. But both of these girls love Jesus Christ with all their hearts. And these gunmen knew it and wanted to take them out. My question to you, if the gun was pointed to your head and the question was asked, Do you love God? What would you say? I would hope it would be yes. But my friends, we need to prepare ourselves for suffering and possibly even death for following Jesus Because Jesus says it may very well be that way. And there are Christians, there are churches all around the globe that are putting their life on the line every Sunday when they go to attend church. I mean, we've had it pretty easy in the United States all these many decades, centuries those freedoms are going away slowly but surely. And we need to be prepared 
for suffering and possibly even death. And so Jesus is preparing Peter. Peter, you were willing to die for me. Well, this is how your life is going to end. And Jesus prepares Peter. And then in verse 20, Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them and the one who had also leaned back against him during the supper and had said to him, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? And Peter asked Jesus, Lord, what's going to happen to this man? He's talking about John here at this point. And Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. You know, here, here Jesus says, restored Peter, but Peter isn't fully transformed. You know, Peter has had this wonderful conversation with Jesus now, but Peter's distracted and he looks around and he sees John. And Peter's heard Jesus' words of what's happening and going to happen to his life. And Peter asks, well, what about him? What's going to happen to him? And Jesus says, you know what? That's no, that's no business of yours. And what he's, Jesus is saying not only to Peter but to all of us is that Jesus has given each of us a particular lane to run in. And we have no business trying to swerve into somebody else's lane or trying to change somebody else's lane or, you know, be involved in, in their business. Jesus wants us to focus on what he has told us to do, me to do, and to stay in my lane. And so... This isn't the way John was going to end his life. John is the only disciple who d- dies of old age. He's not, he doesn't, um, he's, he's not killed for his faith. Now he is uh, on an island. Um, and so he is, uh, he's confined, he's in prison, but he doesn't die for his faith. And that's where John most likely wrote the epistle of uh, uh, the Gospel of John. But God has a plan for each and every individual, and each and every individual is unique. And so the application for you this morning is, hear Jesus' voice. He's asking you the question, do you love me? And my encouragement to you is be honest with him. If you're struggling, if you can't measure to that highest form of love, that that all-in love, whatever it takes, no matter the cost kind of love, that's okay. He understands. He wants to hear your heart. He wants to hear those words from you, that you love him.
We all long to hear those words from those who matter most in our life. My friend, encourage, I encourage you to express your love for him. And how do you show your love for him? By doing, by being involved in ministry, serving, serving the Lord uh, through his church. Second application is this. Have you ever committed your life to Jesus Christ? Have you ever believed in whom Jesus says he is? We've been going through John's gospel, and John has made it abundantly clear that Jesus is God. There's no confusion about it. Jesus is God. And John has given us his gospel because he wants you and me to believe Jesus' words. And has there come a point in your life where you have come to the conclusion, yes, Jesus is God. He has died for my sin. I know that I'm a sinner. I know I need forgiveness. And if you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior and believed in the works of Christ, if you haven't, you totally miss the gospel of John. That's what the gospel of John is all about. And so my encouragement to you this morning is believe and hear him ask you, do you love me? What will be your response? Bow with me in prayer. Father, I thank you for Peter's life. Peter was far from perfect. And yet, Jesus, you loved Peter unconditionally with agape love. And you love us just the same. Warts and all. Jesus, you are omniscient. You know everything, just like Peter proclaimed. And yet you love us. And we thank you. Lord, if there's one here who doesn't know Christ, may today be the day of their salvation. May they acknowledge you as God, as the Messiah who has come to save them from their sin. And may they commit their life to Jesus Christ. Father, for the rest of us who are your followers, Jesus, may we truly express our love to you through serving ministering, encouraging your sheep, your lambs. They're yours. We are all yours. 
Lord, help us to encourage one another and feed one another from your word. Bless this time of invitation. Lord, we want to give you our heart this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name.